So retreats are, you know, people, we may have come and retreat for a number of reasons, but basically any retreat will have themes which are just with clearing, you know, clearing the agitations, the confusions, uh, work stress, uh, difficulties, just clearing some of this uh, turbulence or fog. Um, that can be affecting us on any level, physically, psychologically, or emotionally, of course. And it's about renewal, which means having cleared, got some clarity, well, what's, what's here, where do I want to go, how do I reset? You know, I think this is a very important theme for all retreats, really. It's the whole point of doing a retreat is, is to have this process of just discharging, clearing, uh, and then, okay, now what's helpful now? Most of us, of course, will tend to get habituated, sometimes not from our own wishes, but just because that's the way the society's going, or that's where we've been told we should be or ought to be. And we definitely internalise a lot of these signals, obligation, should be, got to be even running at a certain rate, otherwise we feel we're not productive, not effective, not useful, we've got to be running at a certain rate. We get conditioned into it. We're very receptive beings, and we're very um, programmable. Uh, So we do, our nature is, as social creatures, which we are, is without even trying very much, we almost instinctively start to sense how we are by what everybody else is doing, or by how we're regarded, or what we think other people think about us, or what we read about, or see, and what's being modelled or presented. We sort of start to find ourselves operating in, in those ways, or thinking in those ways. Considering life to be in those ways, yeah. Um, so these establish certain programs, I'll call it, in our in our hearts and minds, even in our bodies. And the energy nervous system gets certain speed gets built into it. Yeah. I'm saying to somebody today, in the old days, when there's no emails, you know, you might get a letter. You might get a reply if you're lucky within a week. <laughs> that speed, you know, <laughs> and a horse and cart or something like that, you know. I'm not saying this is better, but it's a very different sp- And now we're very much speeded up. You know. And naturally, this definitely has effects. When we're moving at certain raised speed, that has effects internally. Yeah, because we're running our nervous system and our reflexes are operating at higher speed. We get more stuff done. We also get more busy. And if you notice, however fast you run, you don't. You still remain just as busy as ever. <laughs> because the busy mind sees things to be busy with. You know, the programming establishes a particular causal pattern. 
you know, our intelligence or our sensitivity is causal. That is, it both receives, it reads, so it gets caused by input, it gets set, programmed, motivated by input, yeah? and as it's motivated by that input, that programming, uh, it tends also to create further causes. So, as they say, if you want something done, find a busy person, which is seemingly counterintuitive, but it means people who are revved up to be busy will tend to very easily adopt the get busy signal. <laughs> because they like Pavlovian dogs, they've learned to respond to that, and they've learned to see it. They've learned to see the things that should be done, could be done, ought to be done, should be done, could be fixed by tomorrow, by yesterday. By, and they'll be operating at a level. Because that's the, the program that's been established. And they, then they tend to unwittingly and reflexively operate and keep that thing going. So much so that it becomes very difficult to actually cut, you know, change gear. Because, of course, we so often live in atmospheres and environments that trigger that. Our home, our, our workplace, the people we're with. So it's, it's caused, it's generated, and each of us then begins to transmit those kind of signals and messages because... That's where, that's where we're established. We start transmitting those signals and messages. So we cause it as well. And with this mutual feedback loop of receiving these signals and putting them out. It's called causality. Or the causal field. Or the feedback loop. Or karma, you could say. Yeah. So, you know, you want to find a way. How can you just sort of step off that? Not because it's necessarily all bad, but hey, have I got any freedom here? Is this something I'm feeling my life is going on? I do know it's less every day. Is there any end to this? Because it just seems to keep going. Do I have any say over which direction I want it to go in? What speed I want it to go at? I have any say in that? Am I fully responsible or am I just acting on habits? These are just questions to place. Not in an accusative way, but just, just check out. Like you go for a general checkup. Like going to a physician, go for a general checkup doesn't mean you're steeped in viruses, but you might be something there that if you didn't notice it and you left it untended, it could be a problem. Or retreats are either like you just open up. You want clarity. You want clarity. Yeah. What, you know, clarification. So that there can be a sense of, well, that that was relevant five years ago, but it's no longer relevant. Um, that was you know, um, you know that was a piece of programming you picked up when you were twenty five. But now you're 52. <laughs> it's not relevant. <laughs> you know, and just, just 
checking some of these things out clearing and renewal renewal means has to occur within an atmosphere and a context that supports it and naturally the process of supporting any kind of growth has to be warm loving open something encouraging it's not going to be you've got to make this you've got to be that you've got to now you after done this you should be this and you should be that it's got to be an atmosphere that allows you know green fresh growth to not to adopt another program but to open into something that's just for you that your life could be beautiful and encourage an atmosphere that that supports that and both of these themes you'll find I imagine on any retreat they may not be exactly explained like that or established like that but they are, that is what retreat really means it's not a study session it's not a time to really learn a lot of ideas you may, certainly I'll be talking quite a bit so you pick up some themes and ideas Um, but it's not an academic experience which has its own value, academic experience has its own value but this isn't it Um, but certain things that are fundamental first of all uh, we are in a human context and that means we have to be very clear of the moral standards so that we can be with each other in a way we feel safe trusted and trustworthy so these are naturally refraining from any kind of violence or destructive behaviour even towards other creatures yeah, like non-humans but certainly towards humans uh, and this goes right down to little things like flies even though we may think well you know it doesn't really matter that much but the nature of this causal field this causal energies that we have is if you start saying well that doesn't very matter very much you've established a particular dismissal program this particular kind of line of that doesn't matter take kill it it doesn't really matter and you've established that particular uh, current or a particular trend and then well in, and insect doesn't matter there may be well you know mouse doesn't matter and then actually i don't like frogs and smash them and they could shoot a rabbit or two, you know, deer or something, because that's kind of interesting and fun. And then I don't like bad people. So I think we'll shoot a bad person because he's a bad person. <laughs> that's how it goes, you know. <laughs> There's always some, re- you know, thing. It doesn't really matter because, yeah. Uh, this is the trajectory. So we just clearly look for any sign of that and say no. So your reflex becomes one in which you're aware of a sentient creature, life force, and you respect. You know, respect. Now clearly if things attacking you, then you might think, I'm sorry, I've just really got to push back. But, uh, you know, you have the fundamental signal is respect. And by and large, if you do respect other creatures, they won't, by and large, they won't harm you.
So this is our first precept, second precept. We don't take which isn't given, so you can leave your bags, stuff like, you know, that's the theme of it, within our context. Um, and that creates a, a very nice open uh, uh, atmosphere. And of course, uh, taking that which is not given is not just material things, it means we're not... Uh, Encroaching on other people's space, um, giving each other space, so, um, uh, not encroaching on other people's attention. So I want, you know, I want, I want, I want, I want, you know. And really, it can also training yourself to just what well, the food is offered, it will get you through the day fine. Yeah. It may not be exactly the way you do a meal, but it's it will get you through the day and it's prepared with a degree of attention and care for your welfare. So you focus on, on the fact that it's offered whatever it is and there's a certain you transfer to the immaterial aspect the sense of this is nourishment for a body and it's being offered to you. Well, I feel like you like some peanut butter or something like that. And it just helps to reset one's attitudes around around material things and food. Third precept here is, is to refrain from sexual misconduct, which is obviously non-consensual um, sexuality. But in terms of retreat, we just refrain from any kind of sexual behaviour, because it's not... Well, there might be retreats in which that's a theme, but in our retreats, the retreats that we do in this context, we don't do that. Then it kind of it means there's a certain turning down of attractiveness, of trying to be attractive or look attractive, or even being that concerned about your physical appearance, or who's more attractive, or what you feel about her or him, or this, that, or the other, and just switch it off. And then we come to something perhaps more meaningful is whether you're old or young, male, female, whatever you are, then you know, respect and care and, and warm heartedness. Very important. Uh, fourth precept is to refrain from unskillful speech. And retreats will make a big effort to refrain from conversation. Yeah. And this is this is challenging for some people. It can be very very nice to not have to keep you know social contact going. It's certainly the aim is to not have to keep the social to have to keep social contact going. You know, <laughs> because what do people talk about? What happened yesterday? What happened tomorrow? What so and so else is doing? What this is, looks like? Yeah, but you know, like. Uh, I'm trying to clear all that to find a, a quiet space. I don't need more of it, really. Uh, you know. And also the certain um, the way that when when we speak to each other, certainly, you know, your voice and what you're carrying goes into somebody else's heart, and maybe that's not appropriate. You know, maybe they don't really want it. <laughs> maybe 
they want to just deal with their own inner conversations and, and clear that. Uh, and we should. And how much of one speaking is just one's own nervous energy looking for something to connect to. Understandable, but certainly something we train ourselves to refrain from. Um, so naturally, you know, there can be things that need to be said. One means is just to write a simple note, leave it with the manager. If things need to be addressed about how the retreat is operating, what's going on, leave a little note. Or you might just say, these are my shoes. You know, no notes, the minor speech is okay. If it's just for navigation purposes, like, uh, uh, is that my cushion or something? You know? But not conversation. Uh, uh, but later on, towards the end, we will actually encourage a little bit of a sharing. But um, to, to appreciate and offer each other the rare privilege the rare privilege of non-intrusion it's not uh, not being cold-hearted but just offering each other the privilege of non-intrusion so we can actually listen deeply take our time focused on our own thoughts emotions and so on fifth precept again is beyond debate it's to refrain from intoxicating drink alcohol so forth drugs which lead to heedlessness intoxication narcotics and so forth and if we can really see and benefit from the clear mind and uh, from the ability that we don't, you know, so we don't need the, these things to actually kind of dress up our mind or lift it or quieten it. We, we can do it with our own meditation. We don't need to be, have some substance to do it for us. Very helpful because once those intoxicants get in, then as soon as one's taking some, then your ability to judge exactly how much you can handle also gets blurred. <laughs> and so it goes on, you know, and then there's a line in which it become, becomes increasingly less responsible. Now, the other form of drinking and so forth is more social. Have a, have a beer together, have a chat, have a beer, come around to dinner, have a little glass of wine or something, and we're not going to get smashed. But certainly, but again, in a retreat situation, we can, we can reset. Like, we can have a social, we can be with each other without needing to do that. And um, that is really helpful. Really helpful. Because it does help to present a model of friendship and clarity that's a good thing to be seeing in the world. We become then causal agents for clarity and straightforwardness and non-delusion. And as we look into this area of causality, of being affected and affecting, 
you can see this is just within ourselves, within you and me together, and then across the society. The social programming uh, that we've been inducted to into, and we can begin to make meaningful changes in that social programming. Which is generally productivity, money, materialism, uh, work hard, and then you know, have a drink or two, or something like that. Um, well, where does that go? Where does that go? Loss of depth, essentially. Loss of depth of spirit, loss of depth of heart, loss of depth is lost. And um, space is lost, people are driven. Time is lost, people are so busy. And the ability to really work on root, you know, root problems, tendencies, one's nervousness or one's depressiveness or one's compulsiveness or one's irritability, you know, the chance to work on these gets lost. So these still fester away. Here we have a chance to open up and look into our anxieties, our feeling of inadequacy, our self-images, our um, compulsive behaviours of got to keep going. And, hey, I can, I could just modulate that or switch it off. That would be a tremendous clearing and renewal. Yeah. Now, one reason, one kind of emotional reason or psychological reason why uh, we tend to fill ourselves uh, is a fear, a kind of fear of emptiness. You know, if I'm not busy doing this, that and the other, I won't be me. I'll feel funny, I'll feel like, ah, uh, I'm in some, almost a fear of silence. Silence is frightening because I'm, get nervous, I don't feel I'm doing anything, I don't even know what I am. An anxiety over it, horror. Um, you know, reflex of aversion to, 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 uh, to emptying, to discharging. And so there's certain obsessive compulsive disorders because people have to have doing something to feel okay non-doing is just too weird too I can't get any traction on it but so this is one of the great blessings of uh, spiritual practice meditation prayer you know however you whatever you term that is you're going into places where you experience the, the quietness, the emptiness as, as blessed. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not barren. It's a light, joyful, radiant openness. Listening to that and letting the that that qualities uh, arise through clarity of in, clarity of attention and clarity of responsiveness. The atmosphere of our practice is one that supports warmth, encouragement. Yeah. So we're living within that. Then, then these subtler, beautiful qualities can arise from the heart. Qualities of compassion, 
something very clearly defined, qualities of compassion, qualities of great love, the sense of being one with the universe. You know, oh, I'm part of this, I'm not some struggling, I am in this, I'm, I'm received, I'm whole. This is, a, this is a religious experience. There is a blessedness that, that enters me. You know. There is a sense of being able to forgive and transcend the past, the difficulties, I can step free you know, of, of distress. You know, and these are all different religions. These are all presented and talked about as not not a belief system, but something that actually happens. If you can go this journey of stepping beyond your normal programming, who, even who you think you're, you are or who you think you must be, what you think you should be, and just quiet, you know, letting the mind and the body and the energies quiet down, you come to another level of experience, which is described as blissful. Being is blissful. It's 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 happy, uh, and it's not happy because of something. It's just happy because why should it not be happy? You know, the nature of being uh, sentient is a certain sort of vitality and intelligence and sensitivity that we all have. None of us is insensitive. We're all alive. What is that? What is it that... that yeah. What is it able to, to notice colour and shape and form and sound? It's, it's a live intelligence, isn't it? And the beauty of it is that even when those those external sense data are put aside, these, this very quality of awakened intelligence, awakened sensitivity, heart, soul, spirit, whatever you want to call it, is actually bright and, and radiant and, and sustaining. So there's a renewal that happens by itself. And then from there we well now knowing this, knowing this, are no longer so driven to because I, I have something sustained. I'm no longer so driven to get something to fill me up because I'm already full. I'm full of these beautiful qualities. Yeah. I no longer feel so alone and got to make it because I'm part of everything. Yeah. Um, I no longer feel so kind of bis- overwhelmed by the past because I've I've stepped out of it. I've forgiven it. I've, you know, I've released myself from the kind of constant engagement with, with difficult experiences. And so, you know, then we can, therefore, I'm open. I'm ready. I'm, I'm always new. This is real renewal. It means you're, you're always, you're always new. Uh, and this means naturally your personality is allowed to shift and mould according to circumstances. This is the kind of process that is really the heart of retreat, heart of meditation, the heart of, of what we call cultivation. Now, um, I'll keep you tonight, but essentially another way of referring to just what we're doing now is we're, we're clearing space because... Now we're in a very simple situation. It's not none of us. Well, most of us don't live here. 
So for us, it's just the room. I don't have to, you know, I've got no particular personal angle on it. I haven't got photographs of my mum and dad and they're on the wall. <laughs> I've got my diploma or whatever it is stuck up there. And the thing that Auntie Susie gave me isn't over there. It's just, it's just like that. So it means you haven't got these resonances that are constantly coming at you, reminding you of who you are <laughs> on a subtle level. So it's kind of like you've cleared. You're certainly sheltered. Warm, sheltered, comfortable, but it's not, it's not, there's not so much me radiating off the walls or the furniture. You clear, clear the space, clear the space, keep the space clear. clear. Generally, I make uh, you know in the monastery I live in. Well, live in. I live everywhere really. People say, "Where's your home?" I say, "Well." You know, I try to be at home everywhere. <laughs> uh, but you have a few simple requisites. But then, like the end of the day, you go, okay, clear. Like, um, um, if I've been in the community meeting or anything in there, I take it out. As if I'm never going to get there again. And the next day I come fresh. Uh, when we take leave of the monastery... In a community, you ask forgiveness because we might not see. You know, you might have an accident or something. You want to clear that procedure. So, clearing, clearing the space, clearing the time. Now, you know, as you know, time these days is very much measured in terms of these numbers. And naturally, for convenience, we are using numbers. So we said, let's all be together at this time. Let's all be together at this time. This time, you know, let it be more open. So definitely we're using them. But, uh, you know, it's uh, the, the time that you should, be, you should really notice is not so much the number, but the sense of... Uh, uh, either momentum time, which is I've like driven, 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 driven. This is time as momentum in your nervous system. I've got to do, I've got to get. How long? You're hyper. Uh, and retreats generally knock that out because there's nothing really much to get on with. It's not like you've got to get something done by two or three or five or by Tuesday or something. No, there's not. No. If you get that sense, you know that sense is really your own nervous system being revved up. And keep taking that away. Even the idea of achievement is something very cautious about. It still sets up a time trajectory, a goal. So we say, well, the goal is to be present, to be here, and to keep returning here, and clearing time, clearing the future, clearing the past of the what I was, have been, there's now a chance to clear that. Uh, and this, this, this is a very deep process. Certainly there are things in, the, in our past that we can remember that we feel some regret about. Or things that have happened to us, people have done to us, we feel some regret. And that's still there, that's shaping us. Yeah. 
Mm. Things in the future that we're concerned about and worried about, and that shapes us, shapes our mind. Things in the future that we might be anticipating, excited, and looking forward to, and that shapes our mind in the present. So all these these forms, these memories and ideas and persuasions, they're causal. Yeah. The future shapes how you are now, because there actually isn't a future. The past shapes how you are now. What you carry now. So when we're clearing time, we're beginning to you know, sense some of these uh, projections of time and what they carry, and recognize the emotional sense that they're carrying I have to uh, deal with the worry the anxiety the guilt, the regret nostalgia it could be, should be, want to be, have to be what's happening these are not time they're psychological and emotional pressures from which cause the sense of time Time is a caused experience, not an actual objective reality. Yeah. And this naturally, if we begin to clear that, then the sense of who we are begins to shift because I'm no longer, you know, the person who's who I configure as having, you know, some rather negative past that I'm trying to deal with or you know want to be this. So that begins to shape, change who we experience ourselves as being. So we begin to clear the self of its dog-eardness, of its uh, humdrumness, of its uh, uh, feeling I've got to add something more to me in the future so I'll become better than this, and clearing that. And these are processes and practices that... Uh, fundamental themes in meditation and in cultivation and recollection mm. so when you come to a retreat uh, these are important themes to keep recollecting, turning over giving some thought uh, a sense of um, <laughs> generating or being part of a warm, encouraging atmosphere. Being prepared to just put a tad more attention into cooperation in terms of like, well, let's not shove around for the food. You know, let's give each other space to take the food. Let's help with the washing up. Let's not crowd in on each other. Recognize and respect each other. You know, as as fellow practitioners, so creating the warm, encouraging atmosphere. Uh, and we might also, in doing that, recollect with some gratitude our friends, our spouses, and so forth. You know who we put, we've left behind at this time. May they be well. May they benefit. So when I come out of retreat, I'm perhaps a little easier to live with. <laughs> that would be. A, so I'm doing it for their welfare. Yeah. In a sense of general, you know warming, encouraging and encouraging oneself because these shifts of tempo uh, can sometimes be quite confusing and disorienting 
and we need that sense. You don't have to be that great. <laughs> yeah, just really accepting uh, the wobbling and the dullness and the agitations. It's, it's only this loving quality that allows them to be settled. Very fundamental thing. Clearly, in that renewal, have these formal structures. The precepts is the fundamental structure. The emphasis on silence and uh, using routine skillfully. It's a helpful structure. And then uh, starting to cultivate um, that which we wish to to put aside by clearing the space, not occupied, not preoccupied, uh, not filling yourself up with a lot of activities or reading at this particular time, clearing the time, clearing the space, uh, so that uh, uh, you're allowing things to arise and then looking at them and beginning to deal with them through the skills of mindfulness and uh, reflection and wisdom and kindness and so this will certainly be uh, productive in terms of clearing and renewing So when we come into presence, take a few moments, consider these themes that I've touched upon, and really make a little bit of, uh, as you're clearing to that, attention to how, you know, what your, your body is, what muscles you need, what muscles you don't need, learning how to simplify uh, your body into just this sense of a firm foundation underneath you, the upright spinal axis rising up, and then the, the periphery, the skin boundary, to be gentle and open. And see if you can sweep through those directions. That's the baseline where you're sitting, feels really steady, and you're settling into that. You know, you can wriggle around a bit. And then the upright axis, you're feeling from the base of your spine on up, something supple that holds you up. Yeah. And then around you, the boundary, how where you sense your edge of your body. Uh, may that be open so we relax as many muscles as possible, particularly in the face and chest, so that we get a sense of the body feels quite light and open. And this is where you begin to clear the, uh, uh, the residues of, of um, expressiveness, defensiveness, compulsiveness in terms of the world and renew through this very simple bodily experience. <laughs>